this week's episode of the Rockfit Files, I get to sit down with Ian McKenzie of the Average Bros podcast. And Ian's been a trainer for about 10 years, but more to the point, he wants to expose the population to all things fitness and not just traditional, but non-traditional and trying to find the nuggets of information that can benefit anybody that's looking to get in shape. So we're going to jump right into the conversation with Ian. I had a great time. I hope you do too. And be sure to subscribe to the RockFit Files before you hit play again. Now you've been doing training fitness for 10 plus years now or what? Yeah, it's it's so I started getting into like I'm still I'm still young and everything. And when I did uh, personal training, I did face to face and, you know, I did it for a while. But what's funny is that I I. I always felt like I wasn't as good as a lot of other trainers um, because there were a lot of things that people were doing that I felt like I was making mistakes. And cause I was promising people, I was like, I'm going to get you ripped in a month, you know, uh-huh. and very unrealistic things. And what's funny is that, you know, talking to people through interviews nowadays and kind of learning about how really good solid trainers do it. They're very honest and they communicate everything with a client and, and, I mean, that's, that's what you do. You know, you're, you're very good at it, obviously. And um, so what ended up happening was that after my little stint in training, and I was doing things like freelance training at Planet Fitness, because they have a nice little loophole, you don't have to pay them anything. So you can go in there and uh, train at your leisure. So no kidding. To this day, it's still like that? Still like that. Yeah. And, and I'm no kidding. It was I even asked them like I made sure I was like, look, I, yeah. I don't want to you know, I don't want to do anything that's not allowed. But they told me straight up, they said, we don't care. There's a bunch of trainers that do this. And there was like at that Planet fitness, I was one of maybe five freelance trainers that were were taking the full payment, and they weren't required to pay anything to Planet. And and so it's like this weird loophole that everybody knew about. And so I just I was like, Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. And wow. um, yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's still like that. I don't know if that that just existed in my plan of fitness, but yeah, they they told me that they didn't care, they didn't give a shit. It was really weird. Um, yeah, but but anyway, I after that, I kind of decided I was like, well, I, I I like the media side of things, and unfortunately, it's whenever you're on Instagram or Facebook, and especially Instagram. And you've seen it. It's the formula is never different for people in like their mid twenties trying to be an online personal trainer. It's usually the same thing. You know, you post pictures of yourself. You talk about yourself. You talk about your journey, and you try to relate to people. And what's funny is that it's never inspiring. It's never. I I don't look at anybody and go, man, I really want to look like you. You look amazing. Oh my gosh. No, unless they're. Unless they have an amazing story and it really is something special, but for the most part, it's pretty, it's, it's a lot of the same taglines, a lot of the same um, promises. So I just knew that I couldn't, I couldn't expect to do the same thing and and get where uh, they had, they had gotten on Instagram, especially since it's kind of, I'm kind of late to the game. You know, if you try to become popular, it's like, it's already been done. Everybody's kind of already established nowadays and it's not impossible. It's just, it's just hard. So yeah. So, and then I, I established the whole average bros fitness media and, uh, and what ended up happening from that was the podcast was created. Um, so I started hitting people up on Instagram and just kind of using 
emails, which is so funny how like Instagram is so easy because it's like they have the email right there. So you yeah. can you can send a personal email to these people with a lot of followers or whatever and uh and they'll get back to you and they'll be like, Hey man, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. And uh so I started there and and then I started going to like gyms and actually recording at the gyms and kind of doing uh called called brobiz type stuff. And um yeah, it's interesting. It's really it's it's a work in progress, but it's it's working out because it's it's a unique approach. Nobody's really done it. Um, so yeah, it's interesting when you're trying to create something, you're trying to do something new, you kind of realize how long it's going to take, you know? So. Yeah. 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 Somebody said you become an overnight uh, sensation after about 10 years of building it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm fully ready to expect that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But so, it's, it's, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just wondering with average bros, do you do online fitness consulting or what what's that all about? No, so it's what what I in, endeavor to do with it is it would be I don't want to honestly I, I'm so I'm so out of I can do fitness consulting and and especially with the podcasting and everything it's it's nice to know that I know a lot more than I used to and mm -hmm. uh, and I have like the educational background I got my master's in exercise science and so I've spent years in the academic world of learning conducting studies and everything but it never it didn't translate too well to actual personal training it never did i never felt like it taught me about that it's like you know all the academic side of everything but when it comes to actually working with people that takes an entire different uh, you know different kinds of practice and you got to do that and you're going to learn about better ways to coach people and everything but no as far as what I'm offering on the website, it's going to be along the lines of more of sponsorships and that kind of thing and getting people um, on board that way. Cause I don't, I don't foresee, I don't see myself becoming like a training platform. I really don't. It's weird. So yeah, but maybe, maybe eventually, maybe as the, as the, the popularity grows, it might turn into that, but no, as of right now, I've just, I just don't, I don't see it like that. I don't have a passion for it. Oddly well, enough. What about your mission? What's, what's your mission? To level the fitness playing field. So I, I like bringing in fitness information from everybody. So generally speaking, you know, you get um, any podcast, especially in fitness, I think tends to be a little bit boring sometimes because, you know, you get people who are very popular and they know their stuff, but a lot of it's like very jargon heavy. And so anybody listening to a podcast or trying to collect information about fitness is not going to readily understand that stuff. And I think you can get usable fitness intel from anybody. It could be somebody who doesn't know anything about fitness other than their own personal journey. But the stuff I've learned from them, I can, I can equate it to the people who have PhDs, masters in exercise science. They just word it differently. But it's stuff that is still usable. And I think what what really what I want to accomplish is giving people the mindset to become their own trainers. So I want them to be able to create anything they want for themselves outside of stress or worry that they can't. And so that's what everything is. So all of the stories I provide from these gym owners, I want people to understand that their stories are amazing, that they have their own personal fitness stories about creating businesses or developing their own bodies. 
and you know it's all usable people just say it differently so yeah yeah so there's there's different phases that people will go through within their lives Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe it is paired up or somewhat parallel with the aging process or as they get older there's a certain kind of path that is is more common than than others but do you are you dealing with that across the spectrum or are we, or are we just talking about the 20 something year olds that's in the mating game and they just want to uh, find themselves uh, someone to make offsprings with? I mean, what are we talking? No, I, it's, it's everybody because I think uh, talking to people, um, I don't think anybody would, it, it would appeal to the people in my age range with starting a business because I want to educate them that you don't just have to go down the straightforward path of becoming somebody on Instagram. You can do the entrepreneurial route and, you, and it's easy to understand what you can do. You know, just, just watch my stuff because these people have done it and they don't, they don't take the traditional route of what I just said, going on Instagram and trying to become something big on social media. So I guess I'm educating those people in that regard. But when it comes to fitness and trying to teach people about fitness, I do appeal to all age ranges, especially, especially family men, like people who kind of have a family and don't know how to maintain fitness with their family. So and I thought about that the other day. I, I, I think whenever I have a family in the future, I'll be in the same boat. I'll be like, I wish there was a very practical approach to fitness and so many people already do that already preach that right i just think sometimes there's always a lot of ego involved and i want to tell people that you don't have to take fitness so seriously you have to prioritize rest and relaxation and fitness doesn't have to be looked at as this addition to stress it should be something that takes it away and there are real usable methods that people have employed that are a lot easier than maybe what more popular individuals preach with their programs and their style of training. So yeah, it's, it's synthesizing usable fitness Intel. So, all right. Yeah. yeah, That's what it is. Essentially. You're, you live in Louisiana. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Louisiana. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a Southern drawl too much. So that's no, kind of I, I'm originally from California. So I'm originally ah. from Long Beach. Yeah. And so the, there's no accents or anything. And my dad is from, yeah, my mom is a, is a Louisiana native, but my dad is from Barso, California. And which is like, I don't know if you've been there, but it's the armpit oh, yeah. of California. It's like the freaking ah. worst. But it, yeah. So, uh, and uh, no, so that's where I was from originally, but I moved here when I was like, we moved here when I was like six. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still, I'm more, more Louisiana. It just sounds cool. You tell anybody, Oh, I'm from California. Like everyone's (laughs) from California. What did you go to CSUMB, uh, CSLB, Long Beach state? Say that again. I'm so sorry. Did you go to Long Beach state? No, 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 no. So I, it was, I was very young when I, when I moved over to Louisiana. So yeah, I, I, so yeah, most of my life is spent in Louisiana, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty great here. I know we did get hammered for the hurricane though. We got, yeah, yeah I came in and bashed well, us. you're kind of getting hammered in another sense, which is why I was wondering about Louisiana is because yeah. that state has one of the highest rates of obesity in the nation, right? Mississippi, Big Louisiana, time. the Southeast, right? Big if it's time. not fried, forget it. I'm not eating it. Right. So yeah. 
there and I started training in the early 90s, but personal training really started somewhere in the 80s and just in pockets. But let's just take that. that the average American and the obesity rate back in the 80s was not nearly as high as it is now. And now we've got personal trainers everywhere you look. Oh, so everywhere. why why are we failing? Because that's how I look at it. I mean, I would like to be optimistic and and I'm pretty much a permanent optimistic kind of guy. But when you yeah. look at this, it's like, what the heck is going on in the fitness industry or in our culture that we're not making a foothold and changing the obesity rate? That's a great question. Jesus. Um, <laughs> no. So with Louisiana, and I'll, I'll answer it like this. I, I know that the environment has never been beneficial for fitness, right? And I think I don't think people can necessarily afford trainers and and get access to really good coaching over here. Um, for the most part, at least from what I've seen, kind of being in the one-on-one personal training sphere, a lot of the trainers are are very much at Planet Fitness, or maybe they're at they're small freelance trainers. And a lot of times, I think. I think there's a messaging issue with with how to continue fitness because I, I think with with the people I trained, and again, it all goes back to me. I think I made some huge mistakes in coaching with trying to keep these people, right? But um, no, I think that there's a continuation thing. It's like they can stick with you for a little bit, but it doesn't ever go past that, right? And especially here, our food is a problem. We, everything is drenched in butter, everything, you know, gumbo, jambalaya, nothing really <laughs> helps with the, the general idea of fitness. But, um, but all in all, it's, it's very much, I think the continuation doesn't happen. So people stick with the trainer for a certain amount of time, but then maybe information isn't shared so that they can take what they've learned and continue on themselves. So well, I think also yeah. you, you ask any personal trainer, you know, and you ask them this question, how many of the clients you currently have are mm. clinically or morbidly obese? And they may say, oh, well, I've got this one person or, you know, I've got, I, I've got two people out of maybe 15, 20, 30 clients. So really the personal trainers in our industry are we're not targeting the vast majority of Americans. We're actually targeting a, a thin major, a minority that continues to get thinner and thinner. And we're almost painting ourselves in a corner because we're not turning around and seeing this enormous population who need help. Now, of course, it's gotta be primarily diet. I get it, I, I totally get it. But movement is a key frame there. So I'm yeah. wondering, and not to put you on the hot seat, but with average bros, focusing on the the dads but is there is there a place for that where we can direct attention toward those people that are really in the throes of of obesity and that disease oh no it's 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 for real yeah i definitely think there is and i think the approach has to be super simple i think it i think it can't be complicated at all um and i know you you probably know more about it than i would with like starting fitness i guess with the people I've talked to, it it always comes back to starting as simply as possible. And I guess everybody, um, it's at least, you know, you go on Facebook, you go on social media and people talk about starting somewhere. And 
I think fitness people bite off more than they can chew. So maybe educating people with starting in the simplest way possible with maybe just walking or something. Cause I, I talked yeah. to a trainer and he, he adores walking. He's a big walking guy and, and he's super fit, you know, cut dude. And, but he, you know, he still does like 45 minutes of walking every day. He adores walking. And so I think we're caught up in all of this complication Right. And, and we never think about the simple stuff. So for me, when he talked to me, it was amazing that I had forgotten how effective just simply walking is. And I think that applies to where I'm at in Louisiana. I think people just need to start with walking, not even going to a gym. I, I think people talk about going to a gym, but I even think that's too hard. Like, I think yeah. that's difficult. I really do. It's funny. I just think you got to get up, take, you know, walk around your block once and and that's it and then start there and then it wouldn't it wouldn't i wouldn't even make changes to diet until you've established some kind of consistency with the walking and then maybe going to diet i don't know i just i just think that you got to start with the absolute smallest tiniest thing and then perfect that and then maybe move on from there so yeah, that I, question, no? yeah it totally okay. does i just i just am uh bewildered or or also equally fascinated by the fact that here we are in this enriched field and industry of fitness when mm -hmm. i i can't name one person who has taken the helm in this battle against obesity and overweight that is a fitness so uh persona celebrity uh expert whatever it's just like it's it's that thing that we don't talk about all that much because every fitness trainer, if given a chance to train Hollywood celebrities or Olympic and professional athletes versus the people that are really struggling with their weight, it's it, there's no contest. There's something yeah. romantic and something alluring about becoming, you know, whoever, uh, the the celebrity to the stars the trainer to the stars or or working with the dallas cowboys or whatever the case may be it's just uh it's it's quite interesting yeah, yeah. so yeah. let's i want to ask you about your podcast because yeah, you've got a, a very successful podcast going with average bros and yeah. uh so there's some questions that we'll often ask around the dinner table like yeah good good, bad, funny, what the heck and bud those those are our topics more or less like what's what's the best part um, about having your podcast. What do you, what's, what do you see that being? I got to tell you, I love what I'm learning. I think that's the best part of it is because I'm, a, I'm amazed at how much free information I'm getting access to. That's, that's what blows my mind is like, I, I, and, and what's kind of embarrassing too, is I feel like I've learned more in the past, like six months doing it than I had in college, like seven years of, of grinding out some degrees, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. I really like, like these people um, <clears throat> are amazing trainers. And there was a guy, uh, it was like a Lane Norton trainer and um, a, a bio lane guy. And he, he was so cool. He had such an, like the, the best just approach to online training ever. And he was really good at it. And, and it's amazing. It's like all these people tell you, the right way to do coaching. And you, and I realized like, I didn't do any of that. Like, you know, and so I love how much I'm learning. It's amazing. I, I have picked up so much usable information that I really could, if I wanted to go back into training and be more effective for people, you know, and help them out. But yeah. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've got the same thing too. I, I like, do you feel that as well? 
Very much so. I mean, I love yeah. the fact that people want to share information willingly and yeah. and given a platform to go on and have a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten some really excellent experts in the field, top-notch leaders, and then just your everyday average trainer coming on. And and doesn't yeah. matter who it is, there's always something that I can pull from, always something I can learn. So yeah, it's a very selfish kind of project on my part because it's really seeking out education from everyone in the field. And if it benefits the listening audience, then so be it. But really it's it's been a really good project for learning, total educational platform for me. So what what's the downside for you with Average Bros prod, podcast? Um, you know what I think it is? I, I <laughs> this is more practical. I think I have I have problems with my equipment sometimes. Like I have great equipment and everything, but every now and again someone will record. So I'll I'll interview a guy and I'll message them back and be like, hey man, I just screwed up. I didn't get your recording. So it's funny. I'm kind of realizing like the stupid little technological issues you run into. And I'm just like, I kick myself because every now and again it happens and it sucks because like you don't know when it's gonna happen. And then you feel bad because then that person feels like, you know, they've been slighted and everything, and it just pisses me off. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't mean to. But no, I, I think the other thing too, I um, sometimes, you know, sometimes you get, uh, I, I, it's it, the conversations are all different. I guess that's a good thing. They're all incredibly different. And I never, like, I was talking to somebody about our podcast, like 30 minutes of our podcast was spent talking about the flex seal guy. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why it was just the most random thing ever. <laughs> then we talked about McDonald's and I was like, I was like, whatever, I'm going to post it. And so I, I love it. Sometimes it's just, I, I enjoy bringing the comedy into fitness and, uh, and I'm going off on a tangent. Now you asked me the downside and I'm like, yeah, that's wonderful. good. All these wonderful things. No. Uh, yeah. It's, it's fun to bring in the comedy into fitness and, and kind of get, uh, get real world views about regular things from these uh, regular things from these people, you know, instead of talking about maybe their fitness lifestyle, like what are their actual opinions on funny things? So yeah, I yeah. don't know. There's so many funny conversations. So, and yeah. so do you have a, do you have a particular episode that uh, is your favorite that it would just yes. blew you away? Yes. Uh, I, there, there's been a couple, but there was one, there was one. And this guy, I think it really was the transformation of this man. I'd never seen anything like it. It, it was in a year. He did this in a year. And his name is Jason Grubb. He won. So he's won the past two Masters CrossFit games. And, and so he's, and he's, he won. He was first place this year, back in 2019. Um, and he he's an online trainer, but his his transformation was incredible. He went from literally like somebody you'd see here in Louisiana, just typical dad bod, you know, beer gut, uh, nothing nothing special. He went from that to competing at the CrossFit Games in a year, and it was amazing to me. I was like, wow. and I saw pictures, and it blew me. I I'd never I'd never seen that, and I wanted to know like what what even drove him to continue, you know, it's, it's people, people accomplish a little bit in a year, but he managed to get to the CrossFit games in one year going from a dad bod. And he had like, if you saw his transformation in a year, literally like, like eight pack freaking, you know, trimmed up 
And I don't know. I, I imagine maybe he did some extra supplementation, but on the other hand, it's like, I don't know. He just really said that he, he changed his lifestyle. He got addicted to CrossFit and he just continued it. And he was a wonderful man. Like just, just one of the absolute nicest people ever. Um, but literally just an amazing, ridiculous story. <laughs> so, wow. And, and it was cool. I just never seen that. I, I don't, I had never really run into a transformation that was that, that significant. And he had made it happen. He just went to a CrossFit gym one day and he just said he couldn't stop. So I'm like, all right, I wish more people. I love I get stories like that. that. Yeah, it was, it was cool. And he just, and, and it's amazing that I think, I don't know if he went to the CrossFit games after a year, but uh, it, it, he, he, it happened quickly. Like it didn't take long for him to get to the games and then win two times in a row. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> okay. That's wow. incredible. So yeah, but no, that was, yeah. So, and there's been, there's been a few, but yeah, it was definitely well, one of them. You speak of transformations definitely with the physical realm, but also yeah. amongst our field, like you're, you've been delving in, not only do you have your master's degree and you've been in the world of academia, but yeah. you're seeing a whole bunch of innovations coming around, I oh, imagine. Yeah. And, and so what are some of the ones that are just blowing your socks off? They're like, this, these are game changers. Wait till this hits the scene. This is going to do so much for so many. That's a great question because I, I, I have a lot of answers to that one. No, so recently I went to the last gym I went to was um, Regimen Fitness. And I don't know, uh, it, they've got a few locations here in Louisiana and it's sort of, it's a franchise. They've got, they've got some, in other like maybe 15 different franchise locations around, but they have another business that's connected to Regimen and it's called um, The Covery. And it's a new thing that they introduced, and I, I, they toured, they, they showed me through the covery, and it's, it's basically that they're trying to bring in types of naturopathic therapy to the public, right? Things that NFL players use, brand new like advances in therapy and fitness recovery, and some of these things I had never seen before. I'd known about them, and I had been to places that were similar. But what they were doing was they were bringing in different versions of them to make them more accessible to people. So one of so a couple of things, they had the oxygen chamber. I think that's I think that's that that's around. I think that's at some other places. But it's literally like a freaking cylinder that you you lay in and then it just pumps oxygen. It's like a full body CPAP machine, and <laughs> and so they have that, and it does. It looks like a a space tube, you know. So you lay in there and then they had another one that it's, it's a water bed and it's a, it's this platform that you just lay down on like a bed. And then when you start the therapy, it, it, the platform drops underneath you. And then you're basically just floating on top of water with a little bit of like a film in between you and the water. So you're, it's, it's not like you're immersed in the pool, but you're just laying on top of it. But and then they had a cryotherapy chamber, which they had the, a lot of, and they told me that a lot of cryo chambers pump, um, I think liquid nitrogen into the chamber. Yeah. That's where they got the ones with like the head sticking out. Yeah. But they had brought in a new kind of cryo chamber. That's basically a giant freezer. It's just a giant freezer, but it's not gas. It's, it's entirely just, yeah, it's not gas. But so, because they were finding out that people, in the nitrogen chambers were getting injuries and stuff. You know, they were getting like 
like parts Frostburn. of the free. Yeah, exactly. Frostbite. So the bad stuff was happening. And then they were like, we got to make it safer. And I don't know, I, I guess, I don't know if they came up with it, but yeah, it's a giant freezer and it's, and it's the same degree. And it was funny though. I, I found it funny because they had like a little plaque that told you kind of the levels you could expect and you could, you could choose the level you wanted. They had easy, medium, and hard. And the easy was at negative 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's funny, you're reading that like, well, nobody's going to go to hard. Nobody's going to sit there and be like, yeah, crank that sucker up. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's freeze my body up. Yeah, no, it's just funny. I just noticed that. I was like, well, it's as if people are going to request like, damn, uh, give me, yeah. give me colder than that, you know, but I'll be uh, out in a year. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just funny. I thought it was hysterical, but no. And then they have IV therapy too, mm -hmm. which is kind of strange, but people, you know, they'll go there to get hooked up to IVs, which, which looks weird too. I, when I walked in there and I saw these like row of people hooked up to IVs, it was a little creepy. You're like, ah, I don't know about that, you know? So, but um, no, the, it's, it's really weird. I think I think recovery is becoming a big thing nowadays. And I'm sure it's snake oil. I'm sure there's a lot of it that's just kind of, you know, it depends on marketing. And it lofty just sounds claims. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lofty claims. And that's what was in the back of my head. I was like, I can't imagine that, you know, some of these things really do work. It's just that placebo effect, you know, that you tell them, right. look, no, it'll do this for you. Um, but yeah, that's what I saw. I had never seen the full body oxygen chamber and that I'd never seen the waterbed. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy stuff. And then they had like a, a light therapy thing, which is totally, totally stupid, but it, it looked cool. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, that's, that's what I've been seeing nowadays. I think things are going into um, this crazy scientific world of, um, of recovery. That's really what I'm seeing, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. What about you? Well, you know, we had a cryotherapy chamber nearby and uh, I took the team over there a few years back and tried it out. Yeah. Uh, they, they make you wear um, gloves and socks so that you don't get frostbite. And yeah. it was it was an interesting experience. You come out and of course, you're feeling very warm when you get out of that chamber because you've been in a very cold environment. You start walking around and things feel a little bit better. But then you get to think about, okay, well, how is that working? Well, the nervous system, if I have these threat response or receptors, pain receptors, they travel really slow to the brain. And what travels faster is like um, mechanoreceptor information, signals from how your body moves. Like when you burn sure. your hands, what's the first thing you do? You go and you put it under cold water. So the thermoreceptors travel up and they beat the, the pain receptors to your brain. There's only so much space that the pain receptors or the receptor sites in your brain can handle. So if the thermoreceptors send signals up there, it, it will not allow the pain signals to get up quite mm -hmm. as much. And then you also, you might just uh, shake your hand. So now the mechanoreceptors are firing, sending more information to the brain to beat the pain receptors. And you may even suck on your finger, like after you hit yourself with a hammer. And so now yeah. you've got your baroreceptors that, that relay pressure information to your brain. So I think the cryotherapy, I don't know. I'm going to have to see more research, longitudinal studies to see the efficacy of it. But I think what it does is it just buffers the ability for pain signals to get to the brain. And that's why everybody feels so good about it. I mean, who, who in their right mind would say, you know, honey, when we retire, we're going to Greenland. <laughs> no, right? Everybody says, hey, Palm, Palm Springs, Palm Desert, Hawaii, Mexico, yeah. Costa Rica. We're going to go where it's warm 
and and moist Probably. and where my joints feel good arizona whatever i mean how many yeah. golf courses are in arizona compared to northern Cal uh, canada right so when it comes to that, I don't know about. It. Now the light therapy, that's kind of interesting because now we're dealing with receptors through the eyes and your visual stimuli goes to 70% of the brain. And therefore, if you have certain frequencies, certain lights, certain patterns or positions, we may see that that stimulates different areas of the brain that may have inhibitions that may start to stimulate other areas that are responsible for within the body, within organ function or something like that. So there's mm -hmm. something to light therapy that I would say, okay, it sounds like smoke and mirrors and voodoo, but understanding motor neurology, we may have more there. Now the, the, um, the waterbed, you know, that's kind of almost like deprivation tanks where they put in hundreds of pounds of, of salt crystals and dissolve it into water and you're floating exactly, there yeah. in the dark with, I mean, if you want to trip out with any, without hallucinogens, that's a great way to go. So, <laughs> you know, maybe it will reduce stress. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. fascinating though, how many things are coming up, like in, whether it's the world of recovery or athletic performance, like hoop uh, and and all these smart devices we've got uh, velocity based training now which has taken a big forefront to to athletic conditioning where they're looking at the speed of movement and when do they peak to know when people fatigue it's there there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out that i i love learning about so uh yeah but th then you got the smoke and mirror show with I don't know much about vibration therapy. You know, there was that came out a while ago with some lofty I think, claims. I think that's what it was because when they showed it to me, it wasn't, they didn't call it light therapy. It was, it, I think it was vibration therapy mm. because, because they had two chairs that were like on either side of like this weird cylindrical thing in the middle. And it had uh -huh. a bunch of like fluorescent tubes in it. And, and then when they turned it on, it, it you're not you're not meant to even look at it you're meant to feel the vibrations and and i uh <laughs> naturally yes. when you hear that you're not gonna go oh my gosh that's that's revolutionary you're gonna you're gonna be like really like that's that's yeah. what am i supposed to get out of that you know and uh but no it, it but it was strange because they uh I don't know what, what it's composed of, but the guy took like a, like a fluorescent light that wasn't attached to anything. And he, when he put it near the thing, it started lighting up. So hell if I know it's some kind of frequency is radiating, but uh, again, you're right. It, that yeah. one definitely sounded a little too far-fetched. You know, I need yeah. to see more about it. So if you're going to tell me the entire universe has a harmonic resonance of a certain vibration, yeah. And that by putting that vibration near my body, it's going to somehow uh, help me out. I really need to see some research backing that up, some double blind, unbiased studies that really show it. Don't just throw that at me and, and throw some big words and, and give me something that maybe from a placebo effect, I'm going to feel great with. And, yeah. you know, I, I definitely need to see science behind it. So. Exactly, and and that's what it was. It was so uh, <laughs> it was so funny, and they and they made it all space agey looking, and the tube looked cool, and I was like, oh, there's there's something going on here, you know. But yeah, it was it was so funny. It was crazy. Those two chairs, and you can imagine people like laying back and closing their eyes and like trying to feel it, you know, or whatever. So people who really kind of like that stuff. <laughs> so all right, yeah. I got another one out here in, in left yeah, field, yeah, yeah. but it's. It's the fact that 
as a population, as a world for that matter, we are becoming more technologically advanced. And with technology typically comes a lowering, a reduction of physical movement, like purposeful yeah. physical movement. You hear about like farm strength versus gym strength. The people that are out there working in the fields and doing farm work are on the most part functionally, structurally much more stronger and, and stable than those people that are just going to the gym and hammering out the workouts. So, yes, sir. so what I'm wondering is that the, the workouts that we continually see coming across the field of our vision are on this upward trend of intensity. Would you agree mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, I do actually. I, I definitely think th that is. And um, it's on an upward trend of intensity. Whenever you go and you look up new plans and everything, because every week or so, it's just all the time, there's a new article put out about the new muscle building plan or like the new information about muscle building. And I think not only is the intensity increasing, but I think plans are trying to implement of more variation, right? Like as you go through the plan, there's always a change of repetitions, change of weights. So it's this constant changing volume. And that's the okay. one that I saw right now is that they're trying, I think it's appealing more to like advanced lifters who have passed that the newbie gain stimulus and they're trying to find ways to progress, you know, even though it's gonna be slower, it's it's so many of the muscle building plans I see on like T Nation or bodybuilding.com are adding intensity, but changing up the volume incrementally from like week to week. So it's like this week you do six to eight reps or this week you do eight to 10 reps and you're constantly operating within those rep ranges. So yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. I think it's just, it's funny. I feel like they're trying to they're trying to make variation a priority as best they can without screwing it up too much. You know? Okay, and then yeah. so if the increase of intensity and variation is is on the on the rise, but yeah. the uh, the functional level or functional ability level of the individuals are decreasing with each passing year or day because of technology's advancements and the lack of to need to actually move the body, we're getting people that are structurally worse off or weaker, and we're putting them into these programs that are ever increasing. Do you see a problem with that? I do actually. Um, and what's funny is that I think, <clears throat> I think one of the things that that ends up happening and and I've talked to like I've talked to physical therapists and and they educated me on some interesting things is that with therapy you know they run into the problem where the, where they where they don't necessarily teach transferability and and I think I think a lot of maybe what happens with people is they feel pain or they feel you know they they, they don't train the pain. They don't, you know, do things that are transferable in the gym. So with, with like physical therapists, they were, they were saying that, you know, they try their best to apply movements that are classic exercises in the gym. So they try to make people do squats and they try to make people do the standard stuff. Right. So I think the whole, the functional aspect needs to be trained in a way that's very simple, like just, just transferable exercises. You don't have to load it or anything, just doing things that are simple exercises like squats, deadlifts, and constantly trying to 
manipulate your weight within those exercises. So keeping things scaled, but maintaining all the simple lifts. Cause you, cause you're right. Maybe nowadays, you know, you see somebody on Instagram, they're doing like a crazy weird row thing where they're doing all these like isolated movements and, and, you know, maybe it's looks awesome on paper and it seems like a cool thing to do, but all in all, it's not going to help you in your daily life because it's not a transferable exercise or a transferable movement. So yeah, I went off there a little bit. I started talking no. about physical therapist for some strange reason, but yeah. No, but it's got a yeah. good, it's got a good place. It definitely does. Yeah. yeah. And, and so maybe, maybe it, if, if somebody is struggling with an injury or they stop doing these exercises because they feel pain somewhere, if they went to a therapy clinic, maybe it starts there. Maybe they have to learn that you can still do movements. You just have to scale them properly. And that way you can keep transferring you can you can keep taking all the stuff you do in the gym and you can make it apply to daily life so that you are functional and in the long run. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I I honestly it's been a while since I took a certification exam for yeah. personal training. So I'm curious if scalability is part of the curriculum or coursework for when it comes it, to it. It's not. I don't th well, I took NASM. I took the NASM test and yeah. um it was, it's, it's drawn, your questions are drawn from like a pool of 500 questions. So you could go take that test and you could get, you could get a hundred questions about facility maintenance. And then if you failed and you had to go take it again, you could get a hundred questions about physiotherapy. It's, it's, you could get all like biomechanics. So it's so weird how maybe tests nowadays, at least from my own experience, they don't give you a very equal spread of things, you know, especially when you go in there, because they'll just dump a whole bunch of questions on you that maybe you didn't really think mattered. It, it didn't seem like it mattered because like facility maintenance, I don't know, you, you kind of figure that out as you go, you know, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but yeah, that's what it was for mine. It was just all facility maintenance. It was like, but holy, I studied all this muscle stuff. Like what the hell, you know? And then I failed it and I went back in and did it again and then they threw a whole bunch of other questions at me and i just i was like jesus christ this is not like real life <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's that's what it is i think nowadays i'd imagine you know at least for nasm so yeah but it's yeah. and apparently that was the big one but like yeah it it it, it would the test just made me very upset i was like god you know the book's great but the test no no definitely not not a, not a good application of your the stuff you studied for sure. So, yeah. You know, uh, I, I had a client some years ago who was developing a drink company and it was kind of herbal, herbal kind of uh, base ingredients. Yeah. And one, one was a stimulate uh, stimulant and the other one was more kind of a depressant or relaxant and okay. they, they tasted God awful, but, uh, but he told me something that always made, I'll always remember is that his board of directors came up with and said, you know, we've got to change the taste of these things. And he said, no, you know what? It, it, we can't, because if you look at all of the drinks that people really want on a regular basis, they almost kind of get addicted to, they have to build up a taste for it. Like no one came right out and said, wow, this, this whiskey tastes great, or this wine tastes great, or, or, or the coffee, like you hand a cup of coffee to a kid. No, but over the course of years, they're going to develop a taste, and then they develop the, the desire or the, the addiction to it. And he brought up this point about Fruitopia, this, this drink at the time, where they had to create a new flavor 
every month because people would get sick of the fruity flavors that tasted really good and they'd yeah. want to have a different one. Okay, this is a long-winded kind of intro into the question. No, yeah. We have so many fitness fads and you look over the course of even just the last 10 or 15 years and you'll find a whole bunch of different things going on from drumsticks, aerobics, to bar classes, <laughs> to, there you go, to yeah. anything from yoga lattes and Svarupa yoga and Bikram and, and, uh, and, and, and as well as, you know, CrossFit or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. so every few years, people get sick of what they're doing and they need to change it. So my question to you, with all the guests that you have on and all the stuff that you're reading, what's, what's the next thing coming down the pipe that what's, what are the fads that are coming up for, I guess, before we get to the end of the year, what's going to be mm -hmm. there for 2022? Well, I could tell you right now, I know that I've been doing something that I thought was actually really cool. It, it, it is, it, it seems like a fad and everything. I think right now, I know it's already very popular, but hot works is incredibly popular and like doing cardio in a hot box. I love it. Actually. That's the funny thing. You know, they'll put all of this, uh, supposed scientific research behind it and everything. But all I know is that I have my own personal benefits that I take away from it. But I think, I think people are finding ways to make cardio more interesting. So that's what's happening right now. And I see that trend going in that direction. So yeah, so cardio in a hot box. Somebody, somebody is eventually going to come up with cardio in a cold, like a freezer. Eventually, somebody's going to come up with it. Because I mean, you already got the hot box. Somebody's going to be the other marketing guy and go, you know what? We got to do it the other way. So yeah. no, I, yeah, like specifically, I think it is cardio in different environments because people have like Peloton, there's Peloton, there's, um, I forgot the name of it. And maybe, Mirror? you know, it's that, it's that like workout system, that at home workout system where you like put it up against the wall and it's like yeah, a mirror. mirror. Yeah. That, that thing, like that's, that's a cool thing. That's, and I saw somebody, I, I went into somebody's house and they showed me that. And I thought it was really cool because from like a technology perspective, it's weird because they actually, there's like a very complicated hydraulic system. Yeah. I think what I'm going to do, I, I love those, those, those uh, things that you just told about what's coming down the pipe. I've got an idea that we're going to have tubes inside a swimming pool that you can put in your mouth so you can breathe the air up above the pool, but you're going to do everything underwater. You can wear a weight belt and your entire workout is going to be completely submerged. And, and that's going to be the next one. So forget hot box or cold box. It's going to be the water box. Just give you a little time to, to do a little promo here for Average Bros, yeah. which the, the name hasn't been lost on me. I love Dodgeball. It's one of my favorite movies, Average Joes. There you go. Yes. But Average yes. Bros. <laughs> yes, I know it. All right. So Average Bros and Ian Fantastic. McKenzie. If the listening audience wants to know more about Average Bros and yourself, Ian, what, what can we do? podcast view at the gym and I promote them and tell people about their stories and what's out there people that are redefining fitness currently you know even though they're small they're they exist only in these these small cities they're doing things that people need to know about I think and I love their stories so that's the bro biz interview and then I'll also do my little informational stuff where I sit in front of the uh uh the microphone and I tell about this. yeah and i tell them all kinds of crazy stuff like fitness conspiracies and whatever but um no so yeah they can go on my website and then it's uh yeah it's youtube videos usually once a week so yeah and it's all about 
leveling the fitness playing field and trying to create a space where people can get access to all kinds of usable fitness intel from people who've been in the industry from for a while to fitness entrepreneurs to people who may just be in the journey at the moment and tell me what they think about it. And then I learn from that. So it's everything. And fitness information is good no matter where it comes from. It's just worded differently. That's really it. Beautiful. So, well, yeah. hey, thanks for being yeah. on. I really enjoy it. No, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. So it's really and truly, this was, this was an experience. Thank you so much. It was great. Got it. Well, that's it for another episode of the Rockfit Files. I want to thank Ian McKenzie with Average Bros coming on and sharing a little bit of his insight in the world of fitness. Remember, subscribe to this channel and we'll see you next week.